Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome to Sound of Spurs podcast, episode number 24, brought to you by SWBC. And very proud to have Johnny Moore with us. Double zero, of course, hangs in the rafters at the AT&T Center. And Johnny, first of all, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Nine seasons with the Spurs, and uh, now we have you on the 50th anniversary of the Spurs season. So uh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule and joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. It's really my pleasure to do this. You know, a lot of people remember you as double zero. And of course, I remember you even further back because I followed the Texas Longhorns for a long time and you had a very good college career at Texas. But let's go start back in the beginning. Uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania, right? Uh, in, in Western Pennsylvania, that's where you were born. Is that where the basketball journey started? Yeah, that's where it started. You know, I had an older brother who really he had all the records. Uh, he had broken all the records at the high school and you know, I used to try to follow him around as a little brother, and he used to, no, nah, you're not ready, you're not ready. And, you know, I used to cry, tell my mom, well, tell him take me. He's like, no, nah, he's not ready. But, you know, I kept working. He'd go up to the court, and he said, look, try to steal this ball. You know, you stay here till I get back. So I had to stay at the court till he got back. I couldn't go home. And so on the way back home, he's like, here, try to steal it. And I'd try to steal it. And then right before we went into the house, he said, now, we played together. And I was like, well, okay. So, you know, that that was really the start of it. You know, I, I watched him play, and I was so proud of him, and, and I want to kind of be like him. You know, I had so many guests on the show during this season where they were younger brothers of older guys, and, of course, they were you know, inspired to play well and had to play with the older guys, had to play with the bigger guys. So you got better earlier because you had a better competition. Well, I mean, that's usually how it happens. You know, I can remember when he first started letting me go with him around. I was smart. I wasn't trying to take all the shots. <laughs> I was playing the good defense and making good passes. And, I mean, that's the, one of the reasons why he continued to take me with him. Now, did you stay in Altoona all through high school, Johnny, or did you move around a little bit? No, I stayed back there in Altoona. Uh-huh. And so you were recruited, uh, obviously, to the University of Texas. I'm sure some other schools showed interest. Uh, why did you end up in Austin? Well... To be honest, you know, I had about 60, 70 offers. Um, yeah, I was looking at UNCC and uh, I like Providence a lot. But when I came to Texas, you know, I saw that I had an opportunity to grow with a growing program. 
And that really caught my attention, you know, for me to go off and do my own thing. Was it Leon Black who first recruited you to Texas? Yes, sir. And tell me about him as a coach. And then, of course, Abe Lemons took over during your time there, right? Yes. You know, Leon, very great coach. Uh, he was very, he was a Christian. Uh, he loved God, you know, and he, he always liked to do things the proper way. And, you know, he used to tell me and my roommate, you know, y'all crazy. You know, y'all got to settle down. You know, <laughs> he used his word was bear down. He said, y'all got to bear down, you know, and take care of our business. But, uh, no, we really had a good relationship with, with Coach Black. You know, we, we truly loved him as a coach. And, uh, you know, he did a lot for, you know, building men. It's not just about the basketball, but, you know, helping to mature into manhood. Yeah, I got to know Coach uh, years later when he was in the athletic department uh, at the university. Now, Abe was a little bit different than Leon, wasn't he? Was a bit, yeah. Was that <laughs> yeah, but Abe was different. One thing about Abe, I mean, he – they took his witness sarcasm. Sometimes they didn't know how to take that, but he was very serious. But he understood that, you know, you had to be self-motivated. If this is going to work, you know, you, yeah, he gives you some structure, but you have to be self-motivated. You you need rest. You need to go get your rest. You know, he tell you what y'all need to do, but it was up to us to do it. And we just, man, A was just something special. I mean, really special, you know, the way he came in. And I can remember the first day he came in and he's, Walking around, he's like, well, here, y'all, Mickey Mouse around here. I got to make y'all think I know something about the game. And we're all looking like, what? You know, but, you know, he's truly a great, great, great coach and a great motivator. Now, basketball, of course, back then, and even to a certain degree now, uh, has come on, certainly. But uh, football was always the number one thing at the University of Texas. And uh, here you are during the period of time when uh, Earl Campbell was there, right, or right before that. Uh, so I know football was king, and you guys are trying to establish yourself as a basketball program back then. Well, I mean, that's true. Uh, one of the things, whenever I came down there, they said, man, that's football country. And I said, well, it is. But, you know, we take great pride in, in knowing that we kind of laid the foundation for Texas basketball. Uh, myself, Ovi Dotson, uh, Jim Crevax, and, uh, you know, Gary Goodner, who's passed. But, you know, we, we were the beginning of, of what Texas is today. And we, we took great pride in that. And they had just built the Irwin Center when you were recruited, right? I mean, that was a brand new facility back then. Yeah, well, you know, that was a big draw. You know, they like, well, look where you get to play. And, uh, you know, I played two years in uh, Gregory Gym, which it was the old facility. And, you know, it had its, its own tradition and what have you. But then I played two years in the Superdrome, and, and there was nothing like that. That was the Cadillac of Coliseums back in that day. Johnny, when did you feel like uh, you really had a chance to maybe making a career out of this basketball thing? Was it during your time at UT? To be 100% honest, when I was in the third grade, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was telling everybody that, but they laughed because I was always the smallest one. But, you know, like I said, I developed that work ethic and, and I had something to look up to, you know, not only my, my brother, but my uncle Jim Curry played before him and uh he he went on and played uh football but he played at the University of Cincinnati with uh Oscar Robertson. So you know my family has a big a, a deep tradition in basketball but I wanted to play back then and you know it was just something they said I saw uh, my idol at the time was Tiny Archibald and since being so small you know he let me know that you know there's a place in this game for the small man. So I continued to work and, you know, I tell him I was going to do this and that. But, 
I think it really came to, you know, be a reality for me whenever it was my senior year and I went to the Pan Am trials. So, you know, I remember they had all the best around in the country and, and I played well. And I was like, shoot, you know, if I keep working a little bit harder, you know, I can do this. And I think that was really uh, the key moment for me. The draft, of course, is a lot different now. A lot more attention being paid to the draft and you can go through all the all the different picks. Uh, but uh, in 1979, uh, the Seattle Supersonics took you. Uh, take us through that whole process because uh, I wasn't familiar with it until I started looking up your story today. Well, you know, we, we're waiting, you know, seeing what's going to happen. You know, they say, oh, you know, you might get drafted, you know, and I was very hopeful. Uh, like I said, I had played in the Pan, Pan Am trials and, and as a matter of fact, I didn't make the team, but uh, I did well. And so I was very hopeful. So I'm waiting around and I can remember the day that they said, oh, the Supersonics select Johnny Warren, you know, and I was like, ah, and I jumped up and down. I'm a Supersonic. I'm a Supersonic. And then, you know, it wasn't too much longer after that. <laughs> Uh, the Spurs traded and, and paid for the rights for me to go there. And I was like, man, that's right down the street. You know, so I was <laughs> really excited about that for the opportunity to go right there, which I considered in my backyard. So and 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 with who they had down there with the ice, man, I was like, man, shoot, that's all I need is someone in the backcourt with me. There you go. I'm going to start averaging a few assists a game if I can pass the Iceman, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I remember one time I told Ice, I said, I said, come on, Ice. I said, man, guard your man. He said, Mo, I got 34. My man got 27. If we do that, we blow. If everybody does that, we blow them out. I was like, oh, that made sense. A <laughs> <laughs> wise man, that Iceman. You know, oh, yeah, he was. A lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, so now you, you end up with the Spurs after you're drafted by the Sonics, and it's right down the road from Austin. So t take us through that whole process, uh, your first uh, you know, inkling of what it was going to be like in the NBA. Well, it's all new. And uh, my, my whole thing is, you know, you always, I've always developed a good work ethic. And I think that that was the thing that would carry me over and get me over the hump. But I remember my first trial. Uh, was Doug Moe was the coach and uh, Joel Carr was his uh, assistant. And, you know, I, I really was just, I was doing everything that they was telling me to do, you know, do this, do this. I said, okay. And then at the end of the day, they said, well, you know, we don't think you score enough. I'm like, well, what? I said, you know, I can shoot ever since, you know, I was little, I could shoot it. But, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you have to be. And I always understood that the point guard is an extension of the coach out on the floor. So it was always important for me to have that high basketball IQ, you know. And my the thing that I feel my greatest asset is I didn't let anybody out hustle me. I mean, that was one thing that, you know, I had to work. And I knew that, you know, from being the littlest, I always had to work. And, you know, I took pride in that. Your playing time certainly did increase uh, fairly early during your tenure. In fact, you led the team in assists uh, in that 80-81 uh, season. And then I'm looking at the numbers, and you led league in assists the following year. So uh, you obviously were starting to get your uh, confidence up uh, pretty early in your career, Johnny. Yeah, well, and I'm telling you, I have to tell you about ice again. He said, Mo, he said, throw it to me. I ain't going to dribble it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, I said, ice, you know, that works for me. But, you know, I mean, I, I had some great players, you know, surrounding me. Uh, I think that's key. You know, as a point guard, you know, you can do all the right things. But if you don't have someone that can put it in the basket, 
you know, it's, it's not going to work. But I think that, you know, any any good point guard has to have the ability to recognize when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive, how to get his teammates involved. All those things are crucial, you know, whenever you're building a team. You had a chance to play with some really, really good players in San Antonio, but you're only with uh, James for one year, right? James Silas was that yes. one year? Play with one, James? Yeah, one year, but it, but it was a good year. It was a great year for me. You know, I was I was one of them players. I tried to soak up all the information I could, and, and Jimmy Silas he would come on. He says, "When you know, he got from college. He was calling me Junior. He says, Junior, go tire him <laughs> out for me.'" <laughs> So I go out there, hustle for defense, and you know, captain come in and do his thing. So I mean, but that's that's the thing that I really look at. Even to the day, you know, I don't know that all the guys, you know, like the roles. You don't have to like your roles, but you know, you have to do your role. You know, know what your role is, and and then do that. You know, I think that's what made us so great. You know, I knew what my role was, you know, shoot. If I have a shot, you know, and I feel like I can make it, but ice, that's what he's supposed to do. Him, Mike Mitchell, I mean, that's their responsibility. So everybody assumed their role and played it to the tilt. I think that's what made us good back in the day. Johnny, that's one of the things that's been consistent uh, as a thread for the Spurs through the years. You know, I've had a chance now to cover 22 different Spurs teams. And uh, back in the days when Ginobili and Parker and Duncan were playing, uh, they all took less money. They all knew their role. Uh, they were good team players and teammates. They accepted new guys coming in. And you know, you don't always see that on a consistent basis around the league. And I think that's one of the reasons why maybe they were so special for so long. And I think I agree with that. And it, you always can tell – if they taking less money, you know, they really buying into what's going on. But I mean, what they what they did and what they were able to accomplish, it's just really unparalleled. The fact that, you know, that they played together, what, 10, 12? I mean, that's come on. That's unheard of. But, you know, they had that chemistry and, and you know, and obviously they they had that relationship, you know, with themselves among the team and the coaches. And I mean, that's what all championship basketball is all about. You played, uh, again, we mentioned uh, the fact that you played with uh, the Iceman. I was looking at some of your other teammates. And, of course, you were there during that Bruce Brothers uh, period of time, uh, or Corzine and Olberding and uh, Reggie Johnson. Uh, that must have been fun because uh, I was talking to Ice about this, too. Uh, those guys apparently knew their role. You know, Ice knew that those guys are going to set screens. They're going to do the dirty work, play defense, get rebounds, let him do the scoring. And, of course, you, during that period of time, doing a lot of the passing uh, and uh, again, it goes back to that role playing, but was it fun to play with those big guys up front? Oh, uh, look, there's nothing like that. Because I'm just saying, you know, someone hit me with a strong pick. I'm like, hey, man, y'all saw that? What y'all going to do, you know? And I mean, you know, I run them around there, and, you know, like overdinging them. They didn't play. I mean, they they were, they were called them the Bruise Brothers for a reason. And I mean, they they were they were talented, but they were strong and big. And 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 again, I mean, they played their role to the till. And I think that's what really was gave us the ability to do the things that we did and accomplish the things that we did back then. And you got to play during the heyday of the Hemisphere Arena when it was really rocking, smoke in the arena, right? all kinds of crazy Leave stuff. Leave from this side out. to see what's going to happen. This <laughs> side, oh yeah, those are some good times. You had the baseline bumps on your side, which is a good thing, right? Because you didn't want to be on the other side of the baseline bumps. What are your memories of Hemisphere? Oh, you know, and baseline bumps and, I mean, just 
in your career development, you know, you came out the back door and the fans were right there by the old pro, uh, the Lone Star Pavilion. So, you know, you had to learn how to talk to the fans and, and you know what I'm saying, and kind of sometimes defuse them, you know, because, you know, we didn't win all the games, you know. Oh, man. Hey, wait, 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 wait now, you know. So, I mean, just that interaction was, was something special, you know, that the fans could get up, up close to us and actually talk to us and they feel like they know us. And uh, that, that was a great feeling. And, and like I said, that's a great time for us. Do you stay in touch, Johnny, with some of your former teammates from back then? You know, not so much. You know, everybody's kind of spread out. But, uh, you know, there's matter of fact, Paul Griffin's trying to put something together now. So, you know, I mean, I certainly, you know, try to participate in that if I can. But, you know, I'm a special ed teacher now, and that takes up a whole lot of time. And, you know, everybody's just off doing their things. But, I mean, the relationships that we forge, you know, I mean, they last a lifetime. It's always good to get together and they always come up with something that you didn't remember. You know how those memories are fade. No said, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, whoa, whoa, I don't remember that one. <laughs> you know, but, it, <laughs> but it's always it's always a good time to get back and, and to reminisce with the fellas. Yeah, that was one of the cool things about this year being the 50th anniversary of the Spurs is that so many guys came back at different times and got to see different guys they played with and, and hear the cheer of the crowd. Uh, and of course, the Spurs played a couple of games up at the University of Texas this year uh, at the brand new Moody Center and uh, the ovation they got and the the uh, reception they got selling out two games up there. Uh, you've seen this firsthand from a long, long time ago, uh, that Austin and San Antonio connection. And the world's getting a little smaller, right, Johnny? I mean, these two towns are almost growing together now. Yeah, yeah, they are. And I was just I was just telling someone today, you see that Austin skyline? <laughs> oh, you can't my even goodness. see the Capitol anymore. You can't see the build the Capitol building anymore. I mean, you know, and I get there and I start looking around. I was up for a wedding and we stayed in the Fairmont and I'm looking out each side just trying to, you know, I mean, because before all you saw was you saw the tower on the university in the Capitol. That was it. Right. But now, I mean, it's, it's just beautiful and it's growing. And, you know, it's, it's one of those spots that, you know, you want to be. You know, it's a spot to be. Yeah, Johnny, you mentioned earlier that you still live in the San Antonio area, and uh, now you're teaching. Uh, just kind of bring us up to date with uh, with what you're doing. I know you coached for a while after your career as well. Yeah, you know, I still do a little bit of that. I got an ABA team that, you know, that I coach and, you know, try to give these young kids a, still the opportunity to continue to play and, and maybe fulfill some of their dreams. You know, I sent some guys to overseas, to Mexico. So, I mean, it's an opportunity for them to learn and to grow. And then as far as the special ed uh, that I do at the school, you know, I just felt like a special calling on my life to go back and try to help establish the foundation for some of those kids. Well, I think that's really important, and I think it's awesome, very, very commendable. Uh, you know, you look back on your career, you're one of only seven players, Johnny, to record 20 or more assists in a playoff game. What do you remember about that playoff game where you had 20 assists? Who was that against, Denver? Uh, you know, I was just looking it up earlier, you know, and I'm not sure it might have been against Denver because back then you recall those games against Denver were always high scoring. So I'm sure those assists were up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, all those stats and stuff, that's for the people. You know, one thing about it is we've always and, you know, I always preach to the guys, you, you play the game like it's supposed to be played and, and then let the chips fall when they may. But that was my thing. You know, like I, said, I had great scores around me. So, yeah, I, I can remember Gene Banks. He he was like the, the hustle guy. He was like a, a bruising guy, you know what I'm saying? 
But so, you know, I have a layup, you know, but I see him running hard, you know, oh, here, go ahead, Gino. And you let, let him throw it down. Tinkerbell, that's what we call him, you know. So, I mean, but that's that's how you grow and, and, and you you forge them relationships, like I said, that, that really last a lifetime. Um, but those, those were some 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 great, great, great moments, you know, some great memories for me. By the way, that assist game was against Denver in the Western Conference Finals. So I thought it was. I have to tell the story because as you if you follow my history, you know that Doug Mo cut me. I was like, man, what are you thinking about? But you know, you know how the game goes. But I was fortunate enough to come back and stand all back, saw something special. And I remember that game of my the my career high was I scored 39. That was in a playoff game against Denver. And I remember how, you know, I was killing them. <laughs> I was killing them, you know. And I went down and I, I did a little roll and it bounced off the back and I missed it because I had I had 30 in regulation. I was like, oh, man, and, you know, you playing so well and then you missed that shot. But the game went into overtime and I'll never forget it because I scored all nine points in the overtime. You can look it up if you want to. So anyway, I, I remember I took the ball out of bounds. The ball went to the other side, and it came all the way back to me. And I pulled up and hit that last three. And I looked—I didn't say anything, but I looked at Doug Moe like, "Would you cut me today? <laughs> Would you cut me today?" <laughs> I mean, you know, I took it personally, but the thing about it is, it's all in, in about competition, you know, in in the right spirit. But uh. No, those were some some great days. But like I say, I, my my whole thing is I'd always try to get my teammates involved. I, you know, I didn't really worry about scoring. I got the ball in my hands eighty percent of the time. Wow! So that's yeah. that's like a that's like a, a cook. You talk about you hungry? What? You cooking the food and you hungry? <laughs> you a dumb cook? <laughs> so if I got the ball, you know I should be able to get my shot when I want, and 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 yeah. I had all the skills, you know I can pass it and handle it. So you know I didn't worry about that. You know I I get my players involved, and and I even from a young, and I think my brother instilled that in me because when I first started playing with him, a real quick story, we went up to St. Francis, is about twenty minutes from my hometown, where uh, Norm Van Leer. And uh, Kevin Porter, where they went to school, and he was just starting to take me around. And I went up there, and I remember, you know, we was coming down on the fast break, and I had Norm Villarreal coming on the left, and I hit him with a behind the back pass. And he caught that thing, and he he hit it. And when he came up, he said, "Man, who is that little guy?" And I remember my brother; he had a smile from idiot, talking about, "That's my little brother." <laughs> so you know, but those are some some great times for me, you know, and some great memories, and. Uh, you know, you like even now, oh, well, coach, you know, you ain't got, I said, man, shit, I'm 65. I ain't trying to get it, but don't look here. This is like riding a bike. Don't think I forgot how. <laughs> so, you know, so but those were some great times, you know, and, and I always love to, you know, really give my teammates, you know, what they needed. San Antonio sports fans know great teams are powered by great talent. SWBC is looking for new talent to join our team in a workplace where game-changing ideas drive success. We employ top professionals in IT, accounting, human resources, insurance, and more. Great teams are powered by great talent, and great employees are empowered at SWBC. Apply today at swbc.com slash careers. That's swbc.com slash careers. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Or download the app today. Johnny, unfortunately, your career was cut short by something called desert fever. And I got to be honest with you, uh, until I read your story uh, years ago about desert fever, I I haven't heard much about desert fever since or before that. Can you just kind of give us a brief uh, synopsis of what it is and, and how it affected you? Yeah, desert fever, it's a it's a f- rare form of meningitis. Uh, and it comes from spores that, that whenever there's any type of excavation, spores get dispersed in the air and you inhale them. And normally they, they attack your lungs, but for some reason it disseminated to the base of my brain. And, uh, you know, they, they were saying I'd never play again and, you know, I may be blinded and, and all those things. But, you know, I thank God you know, that he has another plan. It's usually fatal. You know, the few people that I've, I've heard, you know, since then, like you said, I didn't know anything about it. You know, well, you got a headache. Okay, well, you know, let me take my aspirin and, you know, I'll be back. No, it's not about that. And, you know, the process of, you know, uh, putting a, a mire, what's called an mire reservoir. It's a rubber shunt that went right beneath the scalp and it had a tube that went down to my base of my brain and they injected the medication called amphotericin, which we called amphoterable because it gave me the same symptoms as the disease, the nausea, the headaches. So, I mean, it was a big process, but ultimately it developed into the flu can, flu, uh, flu conazole. And then, then they later called it a diflucan to where I could take it orally and I could come back. But 
when I was taking those medications, it would knock me down for, you know, a couple of weeks. So there was no way that, you know, I could sustain, you know, a professional career that way. But uh, again, you know, I just thank God that he had his hand on my life. Yeah. You know, you turn a negative into a positive, right? You, you turn yes, into a sir. By, by the things that you're doing in your life right now. Uh, Johnny, how would you like people to remember you both as a player and as a guy? First of all, and foremost, someone who loves God and, and puts him first in his life. And the second, though, you know, that I'm a team player, that, you know, my ability is, is to try to go and to make everybody around me better in every respect. Well, th those are good legacies to have. And you, you can't lead the league in assists if you're not making guys around you better. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's <laughs> a sign of an unselfish person. What about the legacy of the Spurs, Johnny? 50 years now, this is the anniversary from when they came from Dallas, the old ABA, the Dallas Chaparrales moved to San Antonio uh, for the 72-73 season, uh, now 50 years old. Uh, what are your thoughts on the legacy of the Spurs? Man, it, I mean, it's a, it's a great – they've had a great ride. And I'm just saying, you know, they've had some – Times when you go through some growing pains, uh, you know, it's 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 hard to stay on the top, you know, just the way that things are positioned. You know what I'm saying? You, well, you don't get the top draft picks, you know, and, and all this and that. But, and you know, Spurs have been. I mean, really blessed. I'm saying I think, you know, we got in the lottery, we got David Robinson. <laughs> then we come back a few years ahead in the lottery and get Tim Duncan. You know, and then, of course, you know, in my opinion, Manu Dinobi, he's one of the best players in the world ever, ever. He, high basketball IQ. He got all the skills. I'm just saying hustle. I'm just saying he's he's one of my favorite players. And I'm just saying, you know, so and to, to have him and then Tony, I remember when I met Tony Parker, he was just, what, 16, 17, you know, and. He, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Matter of fact, I saw him up in Austin and he, he was, oh, yes, sir. And I was like, oh, man, he's still like that. But I mean, just for that group of kids, guys to be together for that length of time, it takes a, a, a lot of sacrifice. You know, you, you can't be selfish. And I think that that's one of the things that why they were so successful. You if you take like Mono, you know, he started on any team in this league, but he came off the bench. You know, and I'm just saying, and that just, I mean, just just an attribute to to his character, you know, and who he was. But you know, him, Tim Duncan. I mean, when Tim Duncan came out, and I mean, Sean Kemp was real big at the time, and you know, I was like, man, Tim Duncan. You know, Sean Kemp is, you know, but you know, I look. But that one thing about Pop, he had a good eye. <laughs> he had a good eye for that talent. You know, say, and then it, and then it's not just the talent is how they come together as a group. And I think that's the big, biggest and the most important thing. And I mean, the legacy for the Spurs is great. Right now they're going through some growing pains, you know, but they got some talented young players and, you know, they're going to continue to learn and to grow if they're receptive. And, you know, we look for the Spurs to be at the top. You, shoot, Santone, you know we spoil. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> spoil. Very true, without a doubt. Hey, Johnny, really have enjoyed the visit today. Thank you so much for taking the time. And we're so happy that you were part of the 50th anniversary and the Sound of Spurs podcast. And, and continued success. You're doing great things in the community there in shirts. And uh, keep, keep up the great work with those kids, okay? Thank you very much. Thank you. That is Johnny Moore.
Of course, the number double zero hangs the rafters at the AT&T Center. It's great to have Johnny with us. Sound of Spurs podcast brought to you by SWBC. This is episode number 24. I'm Bill Schoening. So long, everybody. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 